1: Are you going to talk to him? Yeah, I'll talk to oh, him. Himself. I don't believe you. You probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't say that you're going to talk to him and then not talk to him?
0: I'll talk to him. Why? Did he say I haven't talked to him? Maybe a little butthurt. Okay. It's like I need a little Lucas time. All right. Well, I'll call him up.
1: And I said, I'm willing to give you lots of Lucas time because I need a little not Lucas time.
2: Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> What's up, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing well. what did you think of the show? It's been good. It's been good. A lot of a lot of faces, a lot of folks. Right, met some new people that I hadn't met before. That's pretty cool. It's always good. What were you
0: doing before you were working for Ratchet and Rich?
2: All kinds of stuff. Right, <laughs> I was in a lot of stuff. So my trad- my trajectory is pretty wide. But I, I was I was in journalism before then. So I was right. working uh, doing. A parenting magazine. I was working at a parenting magazine. I was working at a, a kind of a city magazine. Yeah. So I was writing for both of those, editing both of those. Um, I've worked in books, books, and book publishing. So I worked with authors, helping them to either ghostwrite their books, write their books. So I've done I've done a good deal of like writing and editing for the That's last pretty cool 10, 12 years. And exactly. Lucas did
1: a terrible job of in introducing you. You are.
2: I'm Chris Jones. I'm the editor at Ratchet and Wrench.
1: There you go. Thank yeah, you. There I go. appreciate that. <laughs> okay. It's, so, it's nice to have you. Yeah. Good to Let's be here. Let's have a nice conversation, like good a professional podcast. What are we doing here?
0: What are we doing here? We're hanging out. What are We're you doing, doing here?
1: <laughs>
0: so uh, uh, we, we recently changed our format to where we don't have, like, David used to record an intro. Yeah. And he loves it when I don't do intros. Yeah. <laughs> You you've missed the mark, I
1: think on it. No, no, you've done decent. The last one I had to do an intro. Imagine that. You had to do something? He's mailing it in, is what he's doing. Uh, he's just like, he's on the down, and I was like, this last recording. I'm just gonna sit back. Don't worry about it. I'm like, what? I'll find somebody that can talk. Don't don't worry, I got Chris
0: this. Jones can talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a parenting magazine. Yeah.
2: That's pretty cool. It, it is pretty cool. It, it, it's, it's parenting is such a different world, right? Well, such I mean, now you come into automotive, yeah, shop ownership. That's yeah, that, that was that's it, very different. It's been very different.
0: Well, but I mean, like, that parenting experience is probably going to be pretty useful now, <laughs> <laughs> especially like you know, prime well, but, example. You know, it's shop funny owners. when you
2: think about it. I mean, parenting is very similar to entrepreneurship, though, yeah, in, in every I way. Mean, I guess it really. I mean, is. running running a business is very similar to running a family, you know, except you have the emotional component. So you're dealing right. with the emotional component with family and children and wives. But it's very similar, though. I, it's not not a far cry, not a far difference.
0: I David does not, but I personally get the same emotional issues with my shop. Yeah. Right. Like because I care about it. I mm-hmm. care about my people, and I care about the experiences. Right. Yeah. So I I I get the same thing. So.
2: How did you find Ratchet and Wrench? Did they find you? Did you? I found them. So, so towards the end of the pandemic, you know, I was, I was running, you know, working with a couple of magazines. Yeah. The publishers were concerned that the pandemic would take another wave in 2021. Right. They were like, well, we're not sure if we're going to have another wave. So they started scaling back on, you know, the territories that yeah. we were covering which meant the, we covered two different territories, two different magazines. So, right. we, so they wanted to combine them into a single, one-bound issue, okay. um, which would take me out of the editor spot and put the other editor as the chief editor, and I would just be basically the features writer and do all the right. features. Um, and so I started to kind of see the hammering on the wall that this isn't going to sustain. Let me see if there's something else out there, or someone else out there who's looking for an editor right. who wants to be more full-time, more involved, because that's what I wanted. Yeah. And so I um, went on to Indeed and uh, found... The the job ad for which, you know what was ten missions at the time right and everything within the ten missions job ad was everything that I could do at a very high level right which was like writing which was editing which was like you know connecting with people which is like basically taking ownership of, of a publication right something I was very comfortable doing so I applied yeah. for the for the position they screened me called me back gave me a couple of interviews and then offered me a position uh, last January. And it's, it, and it's I mean been a year, yeah. Year February the seventh. It, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Yeah. But like
0: we've had some really in depth conversations. Yeah. And I'm I'm somewhat amazed that you've picked Are up. Are you just agreeing with him or were they actually in depth? They've been in depth. You can hurt his feelings. <laughs> I can hurt his feelings. He, would, it's he okay. wishes you would. <laughs> no, we, we we had we had a really in depth conversation recently. And I, I we weren't talking about any one company or anything like that, but we were talking about the the value of our industry, right and and coaching companies and shops doing the right thing, right? And one of the things that we're talking about, and I really appreciate his perspective on this, is is we're talking about shops that are looking at the results right now, right? They say, Hey, listen, I'm not going to worry about charging for that diag. I'm not going to worry about paying the technicians right because I'm trying to get what I can get right now. And 10 years from now, if it's not here, I will have made mine, and that's okay. Who cares? It's not my problem. Versus, and and so share a little bit about your perspective of that. Because you, you used a sports analogy I had never thought about, right? Where you were talking about the the way that that professional coaches handle that.
2: I'm trying to remember which analogy we were talking about. Uh, Well, you were talking, I think you were talking about the NFL. mm -hmm.
0: And we were talking about the fact that you can tell the difference in the two types of teams.
2: You remember that? Yeah, I vaguely remember it, but I think we were talking about, I'm trying to remember which teams we were talking about. The difference between. I can't remember. I'm uh, sure I've got a message somewhere. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know it's a message, but it was a good analogy, wasn't it? Yeah, oh dude, it was, it was. And so let's, let's
1: talk it. about how good the analogy was, not the actual analogy. <laughs> I know, right?
0: We can do that.
2: Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think what it was, all right, so the, the heart of it, David. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account Go to My Shop and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, PartsTech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using PartsTech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for PartsTech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to PartsTech.com forward slash podcast. That's PartsTech.com forward slash podcast.
0: Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with PartsTech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parch GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started.
2: We're talking about the, the difference between a, a coaching situation like a team like in D.C., Washington. Right, which just continue has this culture of losing because they don't want to put the right people in place. Yeah, ownership is just consi- ownership is just concerned with getting a result. He just wants to win. He just wants to sell tickets. Wants to sell merchandise. Yeah, and that's all that really matters to him. Right, the health of the team doesn't matter. Having the right people, the right personnel in place doesn't matter. Whereas you have a team like Pittsburgh or New England, yeah. where it's, there's a culture of winning. There's a standard. There's an expectation. They draft with expectation. They they expect success out of all their players. And they're willing to put the effort in to make sure that those people are successful as long as they're on that roster, right? And they'll do whatever it takes, right? You know, and I think that's 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 the gist of what we were discussing. Just how important it was for for to develop that sort of culture and that sort of like brand identity. That we, did you we see care. who
1: DC just hired? I did the the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Yeah, you know who does all the
1: offensive coordinating for the Kansas City Chiefs? Sure. The world champion Kansas City Chiefs. The head coach you know what you know who doesn't do any of the offensive coordinating <laughs> run the team meetings script up the plays the offensive coordinator he didn't do any of that what did so he this do team, I, I don't know so the the dc decides hey yeah he is listed as the offensive coordinator and he happens to be coaching the best quarterback in football a generational talent probably even Not going to see another one like him ever again. We should hire that guy and not give him a generational quarterback that we will never see again. And also recognize that he doesn't write any of the plays and does come up with the ridiculous offensive schemes that are changing the NFL. So much so that they're building defenses around stopping Andy Reid's offense. That's what they're trying to do. Everybody tries to mimic Andy Reid's offense. Agreed. And because everybody's trying to mimic Andy Reid's offense, they're building defenses to stop Andy Reid's offense. He's not involved in any of that. So we should hire that guy. That sounds like a good – they had a good coach. Ron uh,
2: Ron Rivera? Yeah. Rivera. Yeah.
0: yeah. He was a good coach.
2: Yeah. I mean, so he's still there, and he'll probably end up calling the players himself. Right. You know, I'm not sure if, if they're just bringing him in to design the offenses for Ron to call. But but I think that's the challenge. Is like you know when you look at a situation like that again, it's like it's band dating. Yeah, well, and it's it's band dating for Washington. But it, are they not looking at this right? Like
0: like we use that analogy to say, "Eh, I'm going to get mine and it's going to be okay." Right? And if if I don't, well, whatever. But like I'm I'm just here for the now. You're right. He he hired him. They hired him as the offensive coordinator and not mm-hmm. the.
1: I, I I thought he had been hired as head coach,
0: but but when you when you look at that, do you think that they're we're actually, talking
1: sports here? Lucas. Well, I know
0: I'm, I, I'm talking about that too. Like you, those are teams you? still want to like, win. You know, those teams still want to be successful. He just said that they're, they don't they don't care. They're there to sell tickets.
1: I understand and merchandise. That, but they
0: in their mind they're winning. Yeah.
2: In their mind, He's that making is what money. success yeah, but, is. They want to be successful today. They don't want to be successful tomorrow, the year after, the year after that. They want to be successful today. They want championships now, right? And I think that's part of the problem is that that's not sustainable. Like, because you, you see it happen. You saw what happened with the Rams. Rams just bought everybody, yeah. got a championship, and just completely collapsed. Uh,
1: it's the Saints, yeah. It's so much so that the coach bailed. He's like, "I'm out." Yeah. This isn't this isn't going to go anywhere. I'm out, and they're millions over the cap. Like, you're not going to be able to sign can't anybody. Rebuild. You can't yeah, yeah, you can't do anything. Can't build. So I'm out and they end up trading him to to Denver. Are they gonna fix Denver? No. No. Really? No. What? That that's a spicy take.
2: No. Explain. <laughs> I I I think I just think Russ is washed. I <gasps> really I think he's washed. Is it, it was the cringy? Bad. is it, it the cringy bad. ads?
1: Have you seen the ads? this is broncos country let's roll it's, it's super
3: cringy
2: <laughs> oh and like, all the videos of, of the like yeah 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 I, I think i just think he's washed i don't think he's got it i the, mean because you you saw what uh, what happened when they, they just put gino in the exact same system and gino looked like a star in and, the same system and russ decent got, yeah and that russ said that he didn't want to be a part of anymore <sighs>
0: and he and, might be right he, I think yeah. he is right. Man, that that was a terrible season. It was hard to watch. Like, that I had to turn bad. a couple games off and be like, I can't
1: watch that. I can't bad. watch other games. They're boring to
2: me. So I, was, I don't I mean, care. But you, look at it, you look at a team like Denver. Yeah. Who was holding people to, what 16 points, and you can't score 17? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – Seventeen is not a lot of points to score. The Texans <laughs> can score seventeen, right? And that's what, the, the Panthers can score you, seventeen. You
1: yeah. say that, but look at what happened in in New York with the Giants.
0: Yeah,
1: Brian Dayball comes in with the with the exact same offense as what's his nuts from, from the yeah. yeah Joe Judge had yeah. from the exact same offense, and they looked fantastic.
2: They did. I I have mixed feelings about that one because I just I question will. Is is Danny playing super great because it's contract year? Will he regress next year? You think? That's my question. I don't know. It's I don't know. Dude. I, I know guys, guys show up for contract year. You th- really? I think guys well, short for contract I year. I think you're right. Yeah.
1: But the, the culture changed. Like you're saying, the yes. culture changed entirely. And they put in a competent offense. And Joe Judge was a really good special teams coach. Yeah. And then that's it. When you we, saw a quarterback sneak on third and nine, <laughs> next to your own end zone, and that's the the call they play or the the play they call, and you're like, "What is going on?" You know that there's something wrong. Yeah. yeah. In that exact same offense, they looked lights out. They looked so good. Yeah. I thought they were going to beat the Vikings.
2: But I, th- but I, th- I think to, to you point. I think you do. I think you're right. I think I think Dayball has enough of that nurturing ability with quarterbacks that he can coach Danny up. It's just, will he coach Danny up? That's the well.
1: Will Danny take it?
2: That yeah, yeah. It, it seems it seems like he wants to be the guy. It's just, will he regress if he gets the money? That's the question mark. Well, it's always so, the question mark. So
0: hold up, though. We 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 had a discussion earlier, and we were talking about people um, making a decision to share information, like you, a technician who's applying for a job. You don't Why do you
1: keep trying to pull this back?
0: No, no, automotive? no, no. I'm not trying I'm not trying to. Um you gotta hear me out. I am tying it back to something you said earlier. Oh. It just happens to be about a technician. Um you said that you were talking about the fact that they you didn't think that they would have the ability or the knowledge to intentionally hide that they didn't have that ability, right? Sure. In other words, they they do you think it's really possible though, that he could sandbag that, intentionally sandbag that? Do you think professional sports players sandbag and try and hold back? Except for a something ton?
1: Peyton Manning said. I don't know if you ever heard this. Peyton Manning said, "By the time you get to the NFL, everybody's playing such an elite level that there is a fraction of a difference between the highest-paid NFL player and the lowest-paid NFL player. They're all so good. You're talking about the elite of the elite, the very, the very yeah. best in the world playing." And and so the question then was, well. What's the difference between this thirty-second ranked quarterback and the superstar, an Aaron Rodgers, you know, an absolute superstar? And he goes, ability, uh, preparation, and, and will. That's it. Yeah. They they are focused on being the absolute best and push themselves. Where some of these guys, like they'll give it a go, and some of them even perform really well because they're just so gifted, like uh, the dude from Arizona. Kyler Murray. Yeah, you ever seen the thing uh, on about the video games? Yeah. So, so he Call of Duty comes out and his stats tank, <laughs> right? Because he plays so many video, so much <laughs> video games. He's on. He's got his own Twitch channel.
2: Yeah, they, they, they even put a clause in his contract last year. Yeah, and they had to back that out because it became such a big distraction.
0: I, I, I was, always, you like, know, boy, I was, you was wondering why, why my shop KPIs there. went down every time a new Call of Duty comes out, but I guess now I know.
2: Is it? Is there a correlation?
0: Probably. <laughs> I quit I looking at my numbers when it came out. It's so.
2: kind of like uh, when back when they used to track when Madden came out. Like every time the new Madden came out, and like productivity would go down, or when, uh, when uh, the unstable double tournament comes on TV, mm-hmm. productivity goes down. In the office. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, there's studies on that. People are watching it on their screens instead of doing work. Uh, but you get a Kyler
1: uh, Murray, who is supremely gifted. Yes, and he's playing off those gifts. But the minute his body starts to break down a little bit, like we don't know what's going to happen. He just blew out his, yeah. his ACL. So he may not come back the same ever again. He'll just be like, oh, everybody will just look at that injury. But it it probably wasn't that. He could absolutely come back and be just as good or even better than he was before. But it's a matter of willpower. Like, does he really want to? Will he prepare and that's what Peyton Manning was saying. It's like The difference between the best quarterback and the worst quarterback is how well they prepare for the game and how, how much they want it. That's it. Yeah. It's not ability no. because they all have the ability to, to do it. They could all be Peyton Mannings. It's just that only Peyton Manning
0: wanted to be a Peyton Manning. But, I mean, like, let, let's be real about this. Any one of us could have a winning season and could take that money and could live pretty comfortably <laughs> yeah
1: for a long time <laughs>
3: right maybe the, not David. The uh,
1: the backup for um, the chiefs has won two or three championships just riding the pine <laughs> <laughs> right and he he's he retired a champion he's like i'm retiring he's like late 30s he's like i'm out filthy rich great yeah, yeah. Greatest backup of all time, barely threw a pass, won several championships,
0: collected hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in salary. Why not? So, I mean, what, what's the drive to do it over? I mean, winning championship after championship, I, I guess I could see that, but what's the drive? What's the drive to continue to – in other words, like what, – What's the drive for
1: um, uh, Sean O'Brien who wants the – you know what he told me, that fool – he goes, I want to have enough stores to do 120 million dollars in revenue. And I go, what? He's like, yeah, that's what I put out there. He's doing EOS uh, entrepreneurial operational, mm-hmm. System, yeah. And he, he's like, that's my big goal. My like, dude, you are nuts.
0: Like, Why? And twenty <laughs> million dollars a year in revenue. Wow. There's if if
1: I, I wouldn't bet against them. Yeah, I really wouldn't. And like, he'll, if his health holds up and he can physically do it, like he'll put his head down and he'll get it done. He just,
0: and then you have to question that and go, why? (laughs) How many shops are, how many, how many organizations, that's not how many shops, how many organizations are in that category, you think? 120 million a year. In terms
2: of shops or? Yeah. I I don't know that. I don't know if there are any. Are, are there any? That are in I that? mean, there might. Like, I mean, Christian Brothers is a big franchise. They have right. a bunch of shops, but I but don't know. But I mean,
0: they're, they're so broken up. I mean, Doug Grills could be.
1: Dude, he, he's got five stores. He ain't doing 120000000 no, million. He's got more than, than, than five stores.
2: Does uh, he? Uh, mm-hmm.
3: uh, uh,
2: Simply True's got a, they've got a, yeah. several. Yeah. He, then uh, Drive, Rescue she's got a bunch. There, there might be so know, there may what, be four, It's an anomaly. That's for yeah, sure.
0: there might be four organizations that could touch yeah. numbers like that. I, what do you think the drive is to make them push that hard? What I mean is it is it about winning at that point, or is it about dominance?
2: Yeah, dominance. I mean, you look yes, at guys like I mean, you think you think a guy like Jordan, those guys, that it, it was about just dominance or Tiger Woods. It's just, it's just always about dominance. or so Tom Brady wants to keep getting rings because it's just it's just it's dominance. Like just being that presence. I, I just don't. I mean, maybe that's why I've never accomplished anything like <laughs> that. Because I just don't care
1: that much. Uh, Christian Brothers at $11.6 billion in sales. How much? Other franchises? Billion in sales with a B.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris said maybe I don't want to be an editor anymore. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, yeah. the individual stores aren't doing that. It's just uh,
2: as a collective. That, that's yeah. all the
1: franchises put together, which they're not collecting that either. That They're just getting a. Whatever, ten fifteen yeah. percent cut uh, across the board there, but as as a franchise, and that, I think that's his that's his goal, his model. He had his O'Brien tire like little thing going there, and I mean it's a it's a good logo, mm-hmm. I, I think, and it looks like a franchise. It looks like yeah. a franchise to so what what he's already built.
2: So, but the, the guy wants to do one twenty, yeah. Well, but I think that's I think that's everything. Identity starts everything. Once you create that identity. Like, when you, yeah. when you talk about branding, you create the identity and get everyone to buy in around that. Yeah, yeah. And then you put the systems and processes in place where it's just turnkey, turnkey, turnkey from store to store to store. Right.
0: Well, I mean, like, I, I, I don't want to completely flip the subject, but it's, it's interesting because I kind of feel like that's, in a way, like, you've somewhat done that with your magazine, right? We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, you, there was a fundamental shift in the magazine, I think. Now, I know it never took over about the same time, but like a lot – us being friends, I see a lot of your mentality and your style in the magazine that wasn't there. And I've told David this, and David like rolls his eyes because he's a jackass. But <laughs> like it, it, it all of a sudden feels like it's going in the direction of true journalism as opposed to – What other people might say is like an ad publication. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it. I'm not saying it was an ad publication before. Please don't misunderstand. No, I
2: understand what you're saying because we've you know we talked offline about that. Yeah.
0: But I mean, it really seems like the passion is now journalism in it when maybe it wasn't before. Is that the case?
2: I mean, the goal. The goal is to. To do high-quality reporting in the industry, you know, really to dig up the stories, find the people, you know, find the faces that are are not represented. Just, just really show the full spectrum of the industry that people just have never seen. Right. I mean, like being someone, being someone who's an outsider who's never been in the industry, but who's done that on various levels in different industries. Right. I've seen how it's benefited. Right. Like in the parenting sphere, like just showing various types of parenting, parenting style, what different families look like, how they operate. And how successful that was. I mean, of course, there's always the pushback, but when you but when you keep doing it, either you get comfortable, or you get going, right. And so that's what we did in that sector. And the same thing with you know the last magazine I was working with, with Local Scoop. Same thing. We just okay, whose stories are not being told, and why? Yeah. Let's go find those people, find their stories, get their get the origin going, and then just put them in front of people and let people decide what they want to do with it. It doesn't matter to me whether you like it or not. What are you going to do with it? Right. And so that's what I try to do with Ratchet and Wrench. Is just. Here's a story. What are you going to do with it? It's your choice. If you embrace it, embrace it. If you don't, eh. that's that's on you. Yeah, exactly. But I'm trying to show you different, what the industry looks like as a whole. Like you like talk about just what are some of the challenges people are going through? What are some right. of the successes, some of the failures, some of the, just all of it. You know, we don't want to hide things, but we want to be really candid and be open and honest about what we're dealing yeah. with so we can all, like, you know, rise together.
0: Well, and I mean, I think it's definitely changed. You were getting ready to say something. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: No. okay.
0: <laughs> sure yeah i love that? your survey oh the the survey is the best
2: yeah oh thanks i really appreciate that
1: it kills it, it's it's it best in the industry the, the information you get out of that
2: yeah.
1: is depressing <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so
1: depressing it's terrible the numbers <laughs> have been getting better it's better yeah, if yeah. you go back to like a 2017 yeah. um survey and then you look at like the, the the latest ones it's it's more encouraging to see how many how many shops actually have more than one scan tool or a scan tool or are reading KPIs and and just things like that. But it's crazy. You tell them, it's like, hey, if you're doing less than a million, like 16% of shops, I think that's the number, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like 16% of shops that read their KPIs do less than a million, but it's 84% don't read their KPIs. But if you go over that million mark, all of a sudden, it's like fifty sixty percent of shops are reading their KPIs, yeah. and you're like this could be a little bit of correlation does equal causation, yeah. like
2: no, you're absolutely right, and it's the same thing with um the data about peer networking, the people who peer network, yeah, their team does better. the people who are coached in some level degree, whether it's in their groups or with an actual you know mentor, the shops do better, so just having accountability on various sectors, you see the difference yeah. in the data what
0: What's been your biggest takeaway thus far? Right, because you came like you've you've acknowledged you came from outside the industry and yeah. then you came in and like you got a crash course really quick.
2: Oh, I did. This was my first event a year ago. Right? Yeah, it was like I was about three weeks into the job, three and a half weeks into the job, and like, all right, we're going to Kansas City. Right. <laughs> what What's been your biggest takeaway so far? I think my biggest takeaway is that people do care. Like yeah. People are really passionate about the industry. They really want it to do well. Right. You know, they want to see it do well. I think, but I think people are looking for answers. Yeah. They want to know, they want to know how, like, I think it's like uh, he was talking about in, I was in a session yesterday with a uh, the speaker's name, Darren. Barney. Not, Darren, Darren Barney. Barney. I was in yeah. Darren Barney's and he said, yeah, people are very good at finding problems, but they don't always know how to find the solution. Yeah. And so you need people who can help them find the solution. That's very
0: true. Well, and I mean, I think the magazine's got a lot to do with that. Yeah. Right. Because there's some people who aren't going to go find a coach and, and, You know, like a lot of people, my story didn't didn't revolve around the magazine, but a lot of people say like, hey, I I heard about vision through something in an article in in the magazine. I I saw a number in there and, you know, like you're talking about the survey and they see that survey and they're like, holy crap, every other shop's doing a million plus and I'm over here doing 50,000. They're, they didn't even put 50,000 on the survey. <laughs> that's not good. Like, what yeah. What am I doing wrong, right? And so it creates a, an image for them. It gives them an idea of of that something may not be what it what it needs to be, if you will,
2: right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think today someone from ASOG came up to our table and wanted to talk to me about uh, – he said, yeah, I've been getting a bunch of people asking about joining ASOG, yeah. Uh from something that was in Ratchet Wrenches, you published something in there. And I said, right. Not recently. I said I, you know, we did something with Lucas about, you know, friend or foe with the shop owners and just yeah. that you know that, that you need the network of the industry. Right. But that was months ago, and I said, but I did put that in the newsletter a few days ago. Right. And he said, That's probably what it is, but it's that so yeah. that's that it's that connection.
0: Right. What what do you see with that perspective you've got? What do you see
2: our biggest challenge as? Man, that's a good question. Uh I think I think one of the biggest challenges is mobilizing mobilizing everyone to go in one direction. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I think that's the that's biggest challenge. A fact.
0: But, I mean, that's what we were just talking about with Cecil earlier, right? Is that in so many ways, it's it's so. Uh, I'm going to use one of the mountain words: discombobulated. <laughs>
1: discombobulated.
0: I <laughs> am mountain word. <laughs> well, it, 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 there's been infighting for years. Yeah, there's been everybody against everybody else. As opposed to moving forward, right? As opposed to saying like, "Hey," like I said, they're really good at finding the problems. They're not really good about talking about the solutions. So, what what can what can we do as shop owners to start finding that solution? What what's your what's your take on it?
2: I don't know. I think I think with stuff that you guys are doing, I think just just guys coming together, you know, guys and girls coming together and just talking about just having an open forum. Talking about What what are some of the things that we see? that we want to change? What are some of the things that I need to, what what do I need to change as a person, as a shop owner? Like how, am I treating my employees well? Am I doing all the, am I ticking all the boxes on my end before I start pointing the finger or, you know, having, taking issue with other people or other things within the industry? Am I the model? Am I modeling success, you know, on my terms and in in, in the eyes of the people that I am here to govern and lead in my shop? And I work with, do I look like that before I start pointing fingers? Right. I think it's always. I think I, to me, it's always. I always start inward. That's just my natural bent. Just right. okay. What's what's up with me first before I say okay. the extreme ownership aspect. Yeah, yeah. It's always just it's an inward thing. So if my shop, if my shop is, if my shop is off, because I, I think I, it's my, you know, macro to micro. Right. Okay. You know, if 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 my shop is off, then I my whole skew is going to be off too. I'm going to think everybody else is off too. Yeah. Until I fix what's in within, then once right. I fix it within, then my my. My position or my thoughts about things start to change, and I want to be more of an agent of change or a disruptor than I do want to than I want to be a complainer. Right. Or an objector.
0: Why are you batting your eyes at me? I think he was talking about you. (laughs) Complainer and objector. (laughs) I'm a dissenter. A dissenter. dissenter. (laughs) There's a difference. I don't know, bro. You complain a lot. <laughs> anyways,
1: <laughs> anyways, anyways. So when is the uh, survey? The new uh, one. You guys are taking yeah responses now.
2: Right? Yeah, we're currently taking responses for the survey. Survey will be. We're closing responses. Uh, I think around March eleventh. We'll be closing that up, and then we'll put the new survey out. I believe July is when we typically put those out. So we'll put that out, and then we'll start. You know, from March until April, May we'll start working with the Ratchet Wrench All Star and just taking those nominations. So, any big
0: news about the um, uh, event this year?
2: Nothing yet. N- nothing. Nothing groundbreaking yet. We're kind of. Putting together we've got our team together and we're just looking at, you know, who who our speakers are gonna be, what right. our topic's gonna be. We have opened that up this year, which is different too. We've kind of done an open format like, hey, just here's your call for papers. If you want to speak, throw your hat in the ring, tell us what you right. want to talk about, what sort of the, or or if you don't want to speak, what do you want to hear about? What's right. important to you that we can find and align a speaker with that topic. David, what do you want to hear about?
1: I'm not good at listening to speakers. I, I I get distracted very easily. We just had a whole conversation about classroom. Was like we had a shop owner that loves going to classes and sitting yeah. down and she sits up front and she's got her notebook ready and she's ready to learn. I sit in the back and I make it maybe 20 minutes and then you know what, I gotta go. I, I just, and it has nothing to do with the speaker or anything like that. It's just, I just cannot listen to anything ever. <laughs> without doing something else. Like, I got to yeah. have two things going on
2: at once. Yeah. yeah, it, It's tough because I, I sit there and I look at the schedules here and I'm like, man, a four-hour class, that's got to be you gotta I mean, you have to yeah. be really engaging to hold someone's attention for that long. Yeah. And at the same time, you have to have a great attention span to sit there and endure I, a class that long.
0: This dude's attention span <laughs> is like no other. <laughs> you would feel really bad for him if you knew what I did. <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure that he had perspective from lots of people in our industry, right? Like, I'll, he's new. I've got a lot of friends that I felt like had awesome stories that he could hear. Okay. And so I told Dutch to call him. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, eight hours later, the dude sends me a message. He's like, hey, man, I've been on the phone for eight hours, and this dude's been yelling the whole time.
1: He doesn't yell. He's very calculating very calculated when he speaks and he goes what I think the issue and then he goes on the four and a half hour diatribe about this and that and you're like oh man did you see the the video Justin Allen are you familiar yes yeah, Justin's awesome he he stands next to, to Dutch and he, he's like well, you know what kind of advice would you give a brand new shop owner in Dutch? contemplates he gets this look like he's gonna it's like i'm building up to this and then he he goes off but he's like this is gonna take a minute and justin's got 90 seconds like that's it like he's making a 90 second video and you're about to hit the 90 seconds and he's like okay let's reel this back here for just a moment (laughs) (laughs) i think the point you're trying to make is this this and this okay thanks folks and that was it (laughs) <laughs> oh man. Poor Dutch. That's Dutch
0: great. is awesome. Yeah. Dutch is awesome. So where is the magazine going over the next couple of years? What's next the vision?
2: The vision, like I said, the vision this year particularly is just to, to expand horizons really. So that's what we're working okay. on this year, just really just it's it's about just getting people's stories out there that just haven't been put out there. So we're talking like I say, we're talking about just getting the magazine more diverse, looking more like the rest of the industry so it looks just like everybody that you see in the industry. That's number one. So that's that's the primary goal this year. Um, yeah. As far as the, the years beyond that, I haven't really sat down and really gone long term with it. I just, foc- I've been focusing on just getting this year. Just okay. Well, this year, and then of course this year, I want to speak more to other other aspects of the shop. So we're talking to shop owners. You know, we've always yeah. talked strictly to shop owners for the most part. Yeah, but I've been trying to mix in more stuff with service writers this year. Service advisors just get putting stuff in there that shop owners can pass over to their service yeah. advisors and say, "Hey, this is something for you in here now." Yeah, dude. I want, the, I want the magazine to really feel like it belongs to the entire shop, not just the owner, but everybody in the shop can get something out of the magazine. So yeah. We're doing that, and then because
1: you guys have a, at least on your network, you guys have a magazine that's for the shop owner
2: called Shop Owner. <laughs> that's a that's a competitive public computer. Oh, jeez. No, I thought there was only one. No, no? shop owners are competing. Oh, that's embarrassing. That's Babcock. That's all good.
1: <laughs> Screw those guys. <laughs> it's a trash magazine anyway. It's a rag. It's a dumpster fire of a rag magazine. <laughs> are you friends with that guy too?
0: No,
2: a
1: gal or whatever.
0: Uh, no. no, I don't. Not that I know of.
2: Now we do have we have Auto Service Professional, which right. is similar to that.
0: Yeah, and but. then and but now Endeavor's got technician publications.
2: We do. We do we we have like P10 which is like tools and stuff like yeah. that. So, but I was my, the goal is to create like strategic stuff like I do like yeah. strategic and business like type content for the for the technician for the service advisor stuff that like they can chew on too. Well, and
0: and I do that like I'll read the magazine. I'm yeah. like, hey, read this. But like you'll get some perspective out of it. And and my people come to me and they bring me the magazine. They're like, hey, I saw this. What do you think about this? Yeah. Right. And so I I think it is good for the whole shop because I think it. You know, you get those little ideas, and that's one of the things I love most about it is the ideas that you get from other shops, mm-hmm. seeing how they're doing something or this one little thing they did, this one success that they had. Yeah. Right? You see it, and it, it makes a difference for you because it, you may not imitate it 100%, but it gives you some perspective to go and do something similar in your right. space. Right? Right. Um, What kind of people do you want to talk to? I mean, we got a
2: lot of listeners. Yeah. yeah. What so. Do you so yeah, man, I'm looking to talk to more technicians, like I say, you know, you and I've been talking about just the you know the value of technicians, the value of technicians in the shop, and I just want their perspective, you know. Hey, tell me what your journey as a technician has been like. Yeah, what are you seeing? How are you feeling about the future? How are you feeling about just you know the job itself and what it entails? Right. So I'm looking to talk to more technicians, talking talking to more service advisors about very much a similar thing, you know, kind of how they see customer service, how they see, how they see the industry, how they see things changing. Right. Uh, so that we can provide content that that helps them as well. That helps them, you know, because invariably when you help them, you're helping the owner as well when you're producing that sort of content that's aimed at them. The owner gets to read it and needs to learn too. We all get to learn together. But I just want to know, I really want to get a full shop education. Yeah. Because I spent the entire last year talking to owners almost exclusively. Right. And now I want to talk to other people in the shop and get to know what their their jobs are like. As you've begun to talk
0: to more and more of those people, yeah. right? Because you have started talking to more of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you had that owner perspective from everybody for a whole year. Yeah. And then you start getting that other perspective. Any takeaways from it's that? It's different.
2: <laughs> it's different. Right. It's very different, especially when, you know, talking to some of the people who are in the education sector and what yeah. they're seeing and, with, and, and just hearing about what's happening with their students. Right. When the, when the students... Graduate, they're excited about the industry. They want to go in, and they get into the shop, and just the fit's not there for them. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the passion gets lost yep. because they're stuck doing things that they didn't want to do for longer than they wanted to do it. Right. You know, they're hoping to do this or that. and of course everyone has to pay their dues, but it's like right. for how long? Yeah. And so these you know so kids are getting either burned out with long hours, they're just not doing the stuff they want to do, or they want to try new things, and they're, or they or they're you know I'm hearing they're getting caught kind of being like. The person in the shop who's the under the underling yeah you know all right i'll i'll do the, i'll do these repairs i'll let you do these repairs right so just nobody else wants that to nobody do. wants to touch it's like you know there's stuff that you know, and so it's hearing that perspective has my kind of has my wheels turning like okay well how can i help as a journalist right. like how can i highlight that improve that without being disparaging because we never want to be disparaging you know but how do i highlight that in a way that Hits it hits you in the heart with it, like wow, am I doing that? Like it makes you makes you yeah. question your processes. It makes you observe and look at your own way of doing things, and then yeah. improves your processes so that your people succeed and that you're not an offender of that. You're not doing right. that.
0: Well, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like going to church and yeah. you feel like he's talking to you.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: That's why David does He is talking to you. That's the whole point. <laughs> That's the whole point. Why, why would you show up and be like,
1: I got nothing to learn here. I'm perfect. Well, no. What are you talking about? It's always.
2: I understand. Yeah, but okay, I'm just then. saying when it. That's a bad analogy. But it, it feels really pretty. Not, I know what you're saying. It's like, man, was he in my house last night? I know. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. I just did that. Right?
3: Man.
1: Yeah. Bad analogy. Don't 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 validate. <laughs> don't validate. validate. No, <laughs> don't
2: validate. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, putting that in a show—that's really the goal. is just to to try to try to help everybody in the industry feel like they belong. Right. They don't like that. Like they didn't get into this position that they that they really were passionate about and wanted to do, and then found out it just yeah. wasn't what they what it was cracked up to be. Right. Because I mean, you see that happening in, in in other sectors. You know, kids are going into massive amounts of debt to go to college. Yeah. Promised a job. So it's it's it's, it's so reverse. Yeah, I'm promising you a job before you even go to school. If I get out of college, I'm gonna have all this stuff waiting, like like the land of milk and honey is waiting for me. The day I yeah. step out of college with my degree, right? And it's like that's not the, that's not the truth, you know that, right? And, but right. But, but and, and it, then and then you get dejected and they find themselves working at Panera Bread with 150,000 worth of debt, right?
1: Why? Why? What do you think that even? A lot of people say that because it's true. I remember hiring a he had a master's degree in English. And I hired him for like a $10 an hour job at the the parts store days. Yeah. $10 an hour job. The guy had a master's degree. It's still paying the student loans. And he's like, I wanted to be a writer. Okay, then go be a writer. What are you doing here? Well, I need a job. (laughs) You're not doing any writing right now. I don't understand. But why, why do you think the, you would think that people would catch on? If not the kids, the kids are going to be idealistic. Well, that's not yeah. going to happen to me. I'm yeah. I'm definitely going to have a job. But you would think the parents would go, hey, yeah. uh, son, daughter, I'm not sending you to school. And I'm not going to let you take $150,000 in debt just to find out that there is no job for you. What what did you get a degree in? History?
0: Yeah. Yep. History?
1: You what the hell a, do you do with a history got a degree, degree?
0: Got a degree in history and then went and got a law degree. No, he was working on this law. Working degree. on his law degree, yeah. and now is managing a shop, right? And he's happy
1: managing the shop yeah. now. He he might be supremely talented at running the shop, but what the hell did he spend all that time getting a history degree for? That's he's never going to use. Now you know he was in the military, so the government paid for it, and that's fine, whatever. Right. But he needed he needed business classes, is what he needed, yeah. at least. The, some financial numbers classes that you know things like that that would be practical for him he didn't get that which you know he had the idea that he was going to go be a professor until he talked to somebody who was a f- professor and said it's a nightmare don't do it right it, it's you're not going to make any money it's going to be like really difficult to get into yada yada and so I, I don't know you would think that at some point a parent would stop and their child and say Let's talk about this for a minute. Let's let's talk about maybe community college where there won't be one hundred fifty thousand dollars in scu- yeah. student loan debts. Let's talk about a two year school. Let's talk about trade school. What is it that you want to do? And what nineteen year old knows what the hell they want to do? Right. That's the whole the whole concept of we need to get the young people in. Uh, we're going to start in high school. We're going to start in middle school. Like, what the hell are you talking about? I, I wanted to be a comic book artist. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a comic book artist, just drawing all day long. I don't know what the hell I wanted to do? I don't do comic book art now. Obviously, that didn't work out. But I, if I had gone to to the Boston Boston School of Art, I think is what it was called. If I'd gone to that at twenty thousand dollars a year, and I get a degree in in fine arts, like what the hell am I going to do with that? It wouldn't have served me at all at this point in my life so i would just been wasted money wasted time I, I don't know at this point i'm scrapping the whole young kids screw all of them they can do whatever they want we're going after mid to late 20 year olds that are out of school With their masters in English and history, (laughs) and they don't know what the hell they're going to do with their life because they just realized they wasted their mind, their time and money on degrees. And we're going after those kids, and we're going to go, hey, you need to be a technician or a service advisor or a a shop manager. How do you think that'll work out? How do we get the message out to the
0: 24 to 29-year-old? I think it would probably be more effective. Right, because we we've talked about that, right? Like we've talked about the apprenticeships, right? Like you you take these kids and you give them everything they could want, right? You've got great pay, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's a guaranteed wage scale; it's locked; it goes up at a certain amount. You've got this is North Carolina, yeah. You've got tools, right? Mm -hmm. So we're providing you tools. Uh, You're getting a free two years, uh, two year associate's degree. And, and they're actually going to do a master's of automotive through the community college program that would be completely free. Um, you get paid time off from the get-go. You get a journeyman certificate, journeyman, journeywoman, right? You get everything you could ever want. You don't work weekends. You get paid. You come to, You go to school most of the time. You get to work a couple hours a week. They give you a grant. They pay for your books. They give you money to to go to school. There should be a waiting list for that, right?
2: There should be. There's there should none. be.
0: There is. There isn't. There isn't.
1: And even after they get through the apprentice program, they go work at so
0: a I fleet know, company, or I know they, some that have gone and worked at McDonald's after that. That's wow. well, not as much work as that, right? I'm, I and and you know and and it, it, what you say makes me wonder, and maybe we need to ask Jason Rainey this, but they've got a ton. Of, so of Jason Rainey, uh, Napa, vice president of Napa Auto Care. I don't,
1: I don't know the connections you
0: he, guys have. <laughs> he's got a ton of apprentices. I wonder if they're older because you can be an apprentice at any age. I'm wondering if those people aren't, you know, the ones that have come back and said, Oh, that degree is not doing me any good now. Good question. Yeah. I mean, I am ask him that. What do you think? I mean, because if they're, if, If the young kids aren't going to take the opportunity or they'll come in and they'll do it for a year or two and say, I don't want to do that. Well, I mean, what's the point of putting an apprenticeship program in that young man?
2: It's a good question.
1: They're not staying in the industry. That's the biggest issue. They're not trying to get in. It's not attracting fresh talent. And they're not, even if they do go through the program, they're not staying in there. And uh, you can't blame the 18 year old. You can't. He's 18. Like she's 18. They don't know what the hell they want.
0: Did you know what you wanted when you were 18? I didn't. Are you doing what you
2: thought you'd be doing? No. What'd you think you were going to be doing? At 18? Jeez. At 18, I just wanted to get out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) I was so burned out. I just wanted to be out of high school. I mean, honestly, I just wanted to work and stack money and just, it's funny, I tell this story and people are like, you're kidding, right? I'm like, no, I'm not. So I wanted to just make money and just. It's cool now to do it, but at, yeah. you know, back in the 90s being a drifter was like a bad thing. But right. I just wanted to just, you know, pack my car up and just go live in different places, experience stuff. Yeah. Get job, make money, stay somewhere for a little bit, move on to the next city. Just I just wanted to experience life at 18. Right. Cause I'd lived in the same house my entire life, been around the same people my entire life. Have hardly left, you know, the state of Virginia my entire life. So I wanted to just have some experiences at right. eighteen. So I wasn't ready to go back to school because I was so burned out from high school. And then I had a an ACL injury at work. I was working at Pepsi Cola, blew out my knee, you know, working on the uh, loading a truck, blew out my knee, and then my mom was like, oh, "So tell me about that college you didn't want to go to, right?" <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. And so I mean, so I'm you're, you're laid up in a cast, and I'm like, you know, with an air cast, I'm like, I guess I should just do something, right? And then I went to community college and realized that it was nothing like high school.
3: Yeah, like I'm yeah, like this is like
2: I'm I'm like, wow, I get a I I have complete control over everything now. Yeah, and so once I once I got to that point, my first my I was going to declare an education major. I was going to be a teacher, All right? You know, because I grew up with an aunt who was a teacher. Who I just I loved, and I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I'll be a teacher, I teach gym, coach some football. Yeah, and then when I got in there, there was a teacher there. My my art history. I took art history because I love art. I took art history, and she was like, you're not going to be a teacher. You're going to be an artist. You watch. And I had her for two semesters. By the time I was done, she she had me. She's like, "All right, here's the schools I want you to consider to go to, and I want you to pick right. one of these two schools." And I'm like, "All right, let's go to this one." Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was that influence, that teacher. She saw she saw in me what I couldn't see in myself. Yeah. And I think that's that's you know when we, when we talk about changing things, that sometimes it takes an outside perspective because eighteen year old boy, I have no idea who I am. Nineteen year old right. boy, I I'm, I've got a head full of ideas and no direction. Right. And so when someone else sees. You know, your ability is what you're capable of before you do. Yeah. And it can point you in a direction. Yeah, that, that's what happened to me. And then all of a sudden all this creativity burst out of everywhere. I'm like, Oh yeah, she put me in the right thing. Right. She sent me in the right on the right path.
0: And so like what was the what was the first job you got then after that?
2: So I got my uh here we go. David's gonna like this. I have an art <laughs> degree. <laughs> <laughs> so I have an art degree, right? And my first job was in, I, I was a graphic designer. Okay, so I started off as a graphic designer. Uh, you know, I was uh, working at the Community College of Allegheny County in Pittsburgh. So I was an, a graphic designer for a bit, and then I moved back to Virginia and worked. And that's when I got in contact with journalism. I worked at a newspaper, right, as a designer, and they were looking for you know for months on end they couldn't find a sports writer because the sports editor was like just burning the end of both burning the candle at both ends. Doing all this coverage and like having to get like call the coaches and after the games and get all these briefs and he couldn't get on and cover, and I just asked him one day I said, "Look, I work the day shift. I work eight to five as a designer. Yep. Sports is from you know sports is the, the night shift from five to midnight." And I said, "If you want, I can try that. See if it, see if I'm a good fit right. for you." And he said, "Uh, all right, do it." So I came, you know, I finished my shift one Friday. He sent me off to cover a high school football game, wrote the game story, and he's like. And I came in Monday morning, and uh, they're like, the publisher wants to see you. And I was like, oh, oh man, this is bad. <laughs> came in Monday morning to start my shift. The pub, I was like, oh, my gosh, I must have bombed. Right. So I sit in the publisher's office. His name's Mr. Cole, and i don't never forget him. Good Mormon dude, man. He's like, you know, Chris, he said, I've been getting a lot of calls about this article you wrote. And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And he said, yeah, I really want to keep you in the sports department. You've done such a good job. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> right, like, <gasps> I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, I, I totally thought he was going to be like, "Don't ever write again. Just go back to just go back to you know the, the art department and spend your life there. You know, right. working in the art department." And so I, I started training with my managing editor. She taught me AP style, taught me all the different you know the nuances of journalism. I worked with her, and then off I went. That's crazy. And, That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And and so like I I knew there had to be something sports in there somewhere because yeah, I, was, I, I
2: was a sports writer and sports editor that was my those my first two journalism because dude you're super passionate
0: about yeah.
2: you talk to me about football
0: and and look I he'll get fired up on you you gotta be careful <laughs> <laughs> no 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 let me tell you oh,
1: something
2: about funny. this who's your
1: team Pittsburgh is it really Yeah,
2: I'm a be, oh. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, you have to admit it's not been good recently.
2: It's not necessarily been a good look, but you know, uh, yeah, no losing season so far. We'll, we'll take that. Yeah, I guess, we'll, I guess. we stay above five hundred. I'll take that. Even if, even if we don't make the playoffs,
1: <laughs> quarterback—that's what you
2: need. You guys got a quarterback, you guys will be okay. I think. I think it will be okay. Really? I watched pick it at Pitt. I watched him at Pitt. He played well at Pitt. I watched this first. This year they brought him. Up. We need an offensive coordinator. That's what we need. Matt really? Canada is horrible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, terrible offensive coordinator. That's what. We, that's what we really need.
1: We just picked up uh, the the Patriots. Just picked. I don't know why I said we. The Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots just picked up a, a former coach from Pittsburgh. Uh, Adrian Clem mm-hmm. he was the uh, I think the O-line coach oh, okay. or something for the for the Steelers yeah. and he got a job at Oregon and he, and he was like there was two games left they were making a playoff push and he's like hey I just got this job in Oregon can I go and they're like sure and so he bounced <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> like two games before the playoffs <laughs> and they made the playoffs yeah yeah so that was a knock on him they're like hey what happened here and uh, I think uh, your head coach had said, no, it was an opportunity for him. I couldn't hold him back. Like, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. Just tell him, no, you got to stay here because we're about to make the playoffs. Whatever. Anyway, that's a cool story. Yeah. And the, I, I think the... Sometimes, though, what ends up happening is they don't... They don't see a path forward. Yeah. Like, that that guy that I... That guy that I hired with the with the masters in english he could have done the same thing not as a graphic designer but he could have gone in as a writer and like you know hey i'm gonna write this little section of the newspaper or i'm gonna get into this magazine or there was enough stuff out there that he, he could and even now like what's it take to get on Substack? you just do it yeah just get on there and all you what's your job now is to market your Substack. Yeah. And now you start to get national recognition, and you're you got some spicy takes. and Now people are paying attention to you. And now they're subscribing. It, it doesn't take anything but just the the willpower to do it. Yeah. So the opportunities out there, but for whatever reason, everybody's like, "I got my degree. Where's my job? Somebody hand me a hundred thousand dollar a year job." It's like, whoa, whoa! It doesn't work that way.
2: It's counterintuitive. Like that, nothing works that way in society. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, really, when you but, think about it, nothing works that they, way. Yeah.
1: You're absolutely right, but for whatever reason, these kids are sold that bill of goods they're like yeah. hey if you if you put your head down and and go through these four
2: years of school and, and but, get that degree, somebody's gonna hand you a hundred thousand, yeah. but you guys were on the keynote this, but you guys on the keynote this morning no. you that? So, so so Ben Nimtum was saying that he said when it came when it comes to regrets, like the deathbed regrets right he said you know seventy six percent of people don't regret the things they did, they regret the things they don't do, yeah. yeah. And yep. I, I think that's you know any and he talked about just how people don't do the things they want to do and they did you defer life you keep deferring deferring yeah. deferring and it's like before long you're too old to do something to a degree but I think what it what it boils down to is he also mentioned it, just this idea that most people that most people are doing what they think other people want them to do, yeah they're not doing what they want to do yeah. And that's I think that's part of the problem. So you're you're doing this degree thing because mom and dad want want you to do it because mom and dad want to look good to the neighbors. They're like, oh yeah, my kids in such and such a college and blah blah blah. You know, I read my editor's note about that. Um, my editor's letter maybe two months ago where I, there was a lady on my Facebook page. You know, and she talked about my son's going to this what's to to this university blah, blah 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 blah. And she was just boasting and going on and on about her son. And I'm like, and I said, but what if that boy told his mother, I want to go to tech school. Would she be that excited? Right. Would she post that on social media? My son wants to go to tech school. and I'm so proud.
0: Listen, I think that there's two things that I worry about. And and one is, is that are we making them promises that we can't keep? Because, you know, like David and I have had some pretty hard conversations about the fact, like, dude, we, some shops that we thought were like legit, good people, awesome people shops, doing the right thing for the right people at the right time. And, and we've done some things like send them, you know, a, a technician or we've we've connected them with somebody and later found out like, hey, maybe that wasn't the case, right? Maybe they weren't doing the right thing. And then on the flip side of that, I mean, we're, we're promising them the, these wages. A lot of techs aren't paid those wages, right? And, and I can't help but wonder, is the shortage not even necessarily about what the kids want? But is it possible that some of this technician shortage is because the parents are saying, no, don't do that. Right. But you say that the kids are doing what the parents, they, they think the parents want them to do. Yeah. Or the majority of parents just saying, no, I wouldn't go into the skilled
2: trades. Are you crazy? It gives yourself an office job. Yeah. Don't do hard work. <laughs> you know but I mean? I mean it, hard work is what makes the world go it, round. It is, it, it's funny because you would think that the attitude would change because of COVID because mm-hmm. when you start when you start calling drywall contractors to fix holes in your drywall or you start calling someone to, I need a fence or I need, when you start calling these blue collar service workers and they can't get to you mm-hmm. or guys just don't call you back. Right. Yeah. And they they're don't need you. to. You, no, you they're, 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 Leave they're, they're, me a bad review. So I don't full, care. They're so full <laughs> yeah. of work. They don't care. But, but you would, you would think that how that feels when you try to go somewhere and get yeah. something done and you can't get it done because they don't have the staff. Like, during COVID, like right around COVID, we had a toilet leak in my house, right? Okay. Upstairs, master bathroom, okay. toilet leaked, got into the floors and just started dripping through the ceiling in the kitchen. Yeah. So we had to call someone to do that. Something that would normally take just, you know, a turnaround time, maybe no more than two months max. Yeah, you know, they had to go in there, dry it all out, cut everything up, get it all done after you schedule the appointment. We lived with that hole in our ceiling for almost six months. Holy cow. It took us about a month to get someone to come in there and just dry it all out. Dang, After yeah. that, it took several weeks for someone to come in and do the drywall, do the drywall right. job. Then more weeks and weeks of okay, now we need someone to do the tile in the kitchen, yeah, the tile upstairs. Then more weeks of we need someone to redo the carpet. Right. I mean, like I guess an ordeal of six or so months that usually is a two month job,
1: right?
3: Because probably we probably could, not find even a two month job.
2: Yeah, yeah that find, should have
1: been knocked out in a week.
2: <laughs> yeah, couldn't couldn't find any, but you couldn't find anyone to do it. You right. know, or you'd have someone come in, they give you an estimate, you never hear back from them again. Yeah. It, it, they, they're, they're like, well, we're understaffed, we just can't do the job. Okay. That's, I mean, which is, which is it, it is what it is, but I, you would think that people would see the value of I, auto technicians or HVAC people or plus, like, you would see the value after going through that.
1: I don't know. It, it, and it's hard. Yeah. It, they don't, you're absolutely right. They're, she's not going to gloat that, hey, my son's going to tech school or he wants to. And it, it becomes society, acceptable in society to just say, hey, I'm going to school. Oh, what college are you going to? They don't know what the hell they're going to do. No. And But it's better than, than saying, I don't know. It's better than saying, hey, I'm just going to go drive around the country, go hang out in different cities. Like They would yeah. still, to this day, look at you cross-eyed. They would. <laughs> unless you're like, oh, I'm going to be vlogging the whole time. Yeah, it's right. like, okay, <laughs> well, that's different. But if you're just doing that just to just for the experience it's like that's the age you do it in you do it when you're 18 19 years old you don't have any strings attached yeah you can live in your car it's not that big a deal you don't care and so and you would think that like yeah go do that who cares i don't know i'd get a little freaked out I'd be scared for my kids like (laughs) you know this is
0: the world's not what you think it is
1: yeah you make sure you you have some kind of protection and and that you can defend yourself and I, i don't know i'd be a little freaked out but I don't. That was a conversation we had with Brandon Dills. Like, if my, my kids walk up to me and and they want to play Minecraft all day, it's like okay, let's figure out a way to make money playing Minecraft. And if somebody asks me, "Hey, what does this kid do?" Oh, they play Minecraft on on TV, on the internet for money. What? Yeah, they make great money at it. Okay. Yeah. Who cares?
2: That's, that's, how, that's how I feel about it. I mean, I talk to my boys about that all the time. I tell mm-hmm. them. Oh, yeah. If college is for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's yep. not. There's trade schools. There's you can go do fire science. One of my sons, he's like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to go to college. Okay, let's let's talk. What's your pathway? Yeah, let's start with you being a junior firefighter. When do we talk to the fire? It's like, give let's get a plan together. Yeah. to get you where you need to go. Right. If, if college isn't your thing, that's totally yep. fine. I don't, I don't mind. Yeah. And so that's I think that's the the, how the parents' perspective needs to be. It's like it's not my life to live. Yeah. I don't have to live with the decisions my children make. I've done my job. I've given them the training. I've got them out of the house. Right. They're, they're good people. They're adjusted. Giving them now the values, Giving them the morals, That's Giving it. them
0: the structure. I yeah. think the
1: only the only step, the only extra step I intend on on providing my kids is rather than try to push them into something specific. I want to be able to just like that teacher did for you that this is a very creative kid. Yeah. And that creativity needs to come out. Right. And for her it was art school. But then it turned into writing
3: mm-hmm. and
1: telling people stories. That's an outlet of creativity. But she saw that in you. Yeah, I want to be able to identify that in my kids. Right. I want to be able to see that my kids have a talent for X, Y, Z. Now let's figure out what will make them happy doing that and fulfilling their talent and letting them, whatever that is that's inside of them out. I, I think that's what's lacking most of the time yeah. is, is that you're you're looking for a pathway you're trying to see what it is that they want to do because you're absolutely right it's not your life to live but it's more i I think every parent wants their child to do exceptionally well yeah yeah i I think that sometimes the parents don't have the ability or the i don't know the vision to look at options around whatever that happens to be uh you know, I mentioned the Mr. Beast, you're familiar with Mr. Yeah. Beast though, yep, so you've heard him tell the story about his mom not one want, she wanted him to go to college oh. meanwhile, he's trying to build a YouTube channel, yeah, he's the biggest YouTube channel in the world, and he has a uh I think it's nine figures now business
0: yeah yep,
1: you know almost a yeah. hundred million plus business at twenty four yeah. at twenty four <laughs> yeah, years at 24. old and is a genius with the YouTube algorithm and the whole thing. What if she had pushed him and said, no, you got to go to college or I'm going to kick you out, this, that, and the other. That's what ended up happening. He tried to go to college because his mom told him, hey, if you don't go, I'm going to end up kicking you out of the house. And he's like, "Well, I guess I got to go. That was not the right move at all. Yeah. Yeah. Rather, in in her mind, the only pathway towards success was college. That's it. There's Mm -hmm. no other pathway.
2: You're going to be a bum otherwise. That's not the case at all, especially now. No, not when you can go to ch- not when you go to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and you kind of pull around the corner and it's like now hiring eighteen twenty-five an hour, you're like, dude, I worked for four twenty-five when I was 16 <laughs> <Damn. laughs> I'm Like, Man, holy moly. This is crazy. What's but it's happened? like the story of Jay Shetty, you know, Jay Shetty, you know Jay Shetty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was talking on a podcast and he was saying, you know, with his family. He said, you know, he said, I'm Indian. So it's like, of course, the success level is here. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he said, you know, for my family, he said, these are my options growing up. Doctor lawyer failure that's yeah. it, and he said, you know, when he decided to become a monk, his mom was like, "You're a failure and he said, even now as a millionaire i'm a millionaire i'm a speaker i'm a coach i've I, you know, got books, I'm a bestseller, my mom still thinks failure, yeah she still thinks failure because I didn't become a doctor or a lawyer because yep. in her mind that's all that was the only two pathways to success and he said she just yeah she's, it's, she can't wrap her mind around that i
0: I think of the it makes me think of the um I can't remember which motivational speaker it was who was talking about the white picket fence. You remember that? No. Um, and he he he's talking about um, he's talking about an extremely successful woman. Yeah. And and later I think he he finally released who it was or or somehow it got out who it was. But he said she's multi millionaire, right? She's known around the world. She has every layer of fame, every layer of success that you could imagine. She's got. This beautiful home, multi-bedroom, big white picket fence, beautiful yard, husband, every the, the ideal life of what anybody would consider an ideal life, right? Nothing to want for. And all of her friends knew this motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. And they said, please come talk to her. We're worried she's suicidal. And he said, do what? We're worried she's suicidal. She's so depressed. He said, I'll, I'll come talk to her. But, I mean, what does she have to be depressed about? My goodness. Like, And he said, I went and I talked to her. And we had meeting after meeting after meeting. And she was sad. And she was down. And she was out. And nothing was going to be okay. And he said, I just could not get through to her. And he said, finally, I said, what, what is it that your definition of success, what is it that you would consider success for yourself? And she said, I always shared a dream with my mother and, and my loved ones that I would have this beautiful house on a hill with a big green yard exactly like this one, and that I would have a white picket fence, and I would have four children, but I was told that I can't have children. And he said it was one of the most heartbreaking things he ever had to do was spend the next six months with her working through. You have to change your expectations of what success is. I understand you set this as your success, but it's not going to happen. And it sucks. It's sad. It's not fair, but it doesn't matter because all we can do is we can shift what your definition of success is or you're going to be unhappy no matter what. right? And there's no reason to make yourself unhappy if we don't have to. Let's figure out a solution. And so they worked through the adoption process. She was able to adopt children. And and she openly, and I thought it was super powerful that she openly admitted that it did not completely fill that need that a, her child would fill, but that it helped her get past that move. And I think sometimes we have to redefine what success is in our heads, whether it's for our children, whether it's for ourselves. Sometimes we've got to back up a little bit and say, you know what? Maybe that success yeah. is not possible. Maybe that success is not what I've defined it as. Yeah.
2: It's a good story. But yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah.
1: That's true. You made it all of it up. I don't know what happened. It's quite <laughs> <very What>? possible.
2: <laughs> good. Yeah. Good very. episode, sir. Uh, that's fun.
1: Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.